Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... And I think there's definitely a space where you've got to keep your special secret sauce. There's some things which you keep, but the more you can get your idea out there, the better it actually is. And ideas are a dime a dozen, and it's, it's actually putting them into play that is the big difference. And the more surface area you can give to those ideas, the more all the doors are going to open up for you. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 289 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Anthony Bruce Van Gruno. Anthony has worked in community development and renewable energy for over 20 years. He's a co-founder and director of The Good Car Company and a PhD researcher. His areas of research include socio-technical systems, modelling uptake of electric vehicles, and identifying opportunities and barriers for an equitable transition to a low-carbon future. He loves connecting the dots and bringing communities together. Through engagement with individuals and communities, they have the power to transform their energy and transport systems to realise the full potential of electric vehicles on the path to net zero. So, and it's a pleasure to have you here today, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. So, kicking things off, it's been a really interesting journey you've got here. So, could you share a bit about your background and what was it that led to your interest and passion in social enterprise? come from a family of environmental scientists. My mum was a zoologist, my dad was a botanist. I really like people. I did my undergrad in environmental science and a lot of community development work in Australia and around the world, working in renewables, particularly in the community-owned renewables, really opened my eyes to the power that people have to be able to shift and change systems. And business is one of the most impactful ways that we can actually accelerate change that we need. Absolutely. And I think in that business journey, you would have learned a lot, particularly weaving yourself between the not-for-profit and and business space, Ant. And you're now a director at The Good Car Co. So where do you see key opportunities for electric vehicles basically to be assisting in this equitable (laughs) transition to low emissions transport? And what is it that you've learned in this business journey? Electric vehicles are phenomenal. They represent so much more than just transport. They're massive batteries on wheels. Nice. And all those batteries, like you consider a regular electric vehicle, that can power your house for multiple days. Yep. When you've got thousands or millions of them, then you can displace, for example, a million EVs on the road. Is it, You could displace the equivalent of two coal-fired power stations. So that's yeah. pretty huge. And it's, it's dispatchable power, which is owned by people so Mm. there's business models that can go out that can reward people for participating in this democratized energy system it's pretty phenomenal like that the electric vehicles really hold that key to 100 percent renewables on well beyond that storage which is required when the sun's not shining and when the wind is not blowing there's so much opportunity here 
Where are you seeing this going at? There's so much opportunity if it's properly deployed. That's one of the things. We have incredible renewable resources here in Australia. Yep. If we're able to soak up that power, we've got surplus, which batteries in the vehicles can do. If we're able to coordinate it so that they can respond to when we have frequency control issues, when we have demand response requirements, then we can really have an incredibly smart and efficient grid. Yep. And we can save a lot of money, like some of these equity issues that come out. That The cost for the energy system is borne by all users of the electricity grid. Mm. And so if you're able to reduce the, the need to augment the grid, to build it up, to be able to you know, shore up those long stringy parts of the network in, in areas which you can back up with storage, then you can have a much more efficient, cost-effective grid. The grid is an incredible piece of infrastructure. Yeah. It's something that we, we absolutely should be utilising to its fullest potential. And, mm. and the more we can get that smart, the more that we can have business models that engage people, yeah. the, the better it will be for everybody. So as a relatively new social enterprise, there's obviously been a lot for you to work through in, in getting Good Carco off the line, really, and, and set up. So what have been some of these biggest challenges when you work towards these sort of bigger goals and possibilities of EVs and, and new energy systems? So starters, we all come from working in not-for-profits and we're not from the car auto industry. So there's yep. been quite a steep learning curve in that sense. I had to learn about international logistics and the whole host of things that come along with it. And, and just running a business with multiple people, we now have a team of six people that are dependent on us. And that's a big thing, like having that additional responsibility. And we're scaling really quickly. Yeah, I think for us, without having mentorship and without having gone through like the accelerator programs that we've been in, we wouldn't be able to deal with the speed and the the demands that are being put on yeah. us by the business. It's like a freight train in a way, hopefully an electric freight train, but it's it's really demanding having mm. a startup yeah. and growing it to a scale up. Yeah. And so how have you found, I suppose there's there's typical pieces here. You said you, you're growing a team, you brought a team together. There would have been dynamics that you had to work out there as well. But just when you get to the scaling as well, like capital raising and, and all coming from not-for-profit backgrounds, what have you been learning throughout the process? we're starting to learn that money is actually really important. As funny as that sounds, it's something that we haven't really fully internalised as the importance of being profitable and being able to use those profits to be able to develop the other parts of our business that we need to develop. So we've already done battery replacements and we're looking into building new batteries with higher energy density so that we can keep that embodied energy of the vehicles on the road for longer. And just so that we're not creating a problem down the track as well. And once we get to the point of having enough scale and there being that critical saturation of electric vehicles on the road, we really have to look at the recapture and reuse of those batteries, the recycling. Mm. And so that's all going to take a lot of money. We'll end up being a really lucrative industry as well. So just being able to build it in the right way is hugely important. We're currently pretty much running on debt. So we've got our friends, family and community members, so people who've been customers in the past and really believe in what we're doing, we're using their money for good and giving them a decent return. It's a really nice model that I think we can really grow to a point until we actually have to do a big equity raise, which we're getting closer to that point now. That's certainly a really exciting milestone to work towards and potentially very daunting as well. Something that a lot of people we work with mention is really this element of it being such a lonely journey as an entrepreneur. And when they come on to 
our programs, they sort of really get that sort of loneliness taken away and connected to community. I'm just wondering what advice or lessons you've learned by going through some of those programs and just setting up yourself that you could give to other entrepreneurs. Make the most of all your peers that are in there. That's where you learn the most. The mentors and that network which is available, they're invaluable. These are people that can open up doors and and give you insights that you would have otherwise not had. Mm. I see so many people and, and talk to a lot of people in the startup space that are really protective over their IP. And I think there's definitely a space where you got to keep your special secret sauce. There's some things which are you keep, but the more you can get your idea out there, the better it actually is. Ideas are a dime a dozen and it's, it's actually putting them into play that is the big difference. And the more surface area you can give to those ideas, the more all the doors are going to open up for you yeah. and the right people are going to show up along the way. I just couldn't agree anymore. The reality yeah. is here, ideas are cheap, right? And ideas are like sparks and these sort of glitters of light that fly through the sky and then quickly disappear as well. But it really is those entrepreneurs uh, like yourself who are just getting out there doing and testing and validating those assumptions that, that really push forward. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And if you to take that spark analogy a little bit further, you want to be able to nurture that and have a nice cool burn. You want to be able yes. to get it going. I think there's the risk of also having an inferno yeah. That's back going too quickly and you really want to be able to manage it. Like you want it as a nice cool burn if you're managing country, if you're managing land, you want to have a fire that's going to meander its way through the landscape and help regenerate the landscape as yeah. opposed to something that's just going to burn the canopy or just be left entirely untended to and fizzle out. Oh, or wreak havoc in our communities. And when we talk about a bunch of different business models and this sort of unicorn mindset in terms of valuations and growing from zero to a billion dollars as quickly as possible that's just so rife in the australian and global ecosystem Mm. that's i think where those bushfires can really be ignited when there is such strong focus on economics as the pure and only outcome where social enterprises like good car code yeah really different they are seeking to build community well that's right i think community is actually the core of our business (laughs) without that i don't think any of the future iterations of the business are actually going to take place either so building trust and being able to have those positive experiences with our community make sure that those people become ambassadors for electric vehicles as well yeah without that we're not going to have the right transition and being able to engage them for the energy services component later on down the track Mm. or even further when we come into the realm of autonomous vehicles which electric vehicles are opening up that pathway yeah when we have autonomous vehicles that there's going to get to a point where it's only going to be a couple of players in the entire market that have every single vehicle on the road. Mm. And that future isn't one that I particularly want to see because then all of our public assets, the roads and whatnot, there'll be a future where they can easily be privatised. Yes. And I think that there's another reality that we can envisage and it starts now by engaging communities to be able to have community-owned fleets and also just having the communities have that voice so that we can influence policymakers and the market, Mm. given that we're really in this tipping point of an electric vehicle massive transformation. We really want to be able to have some sort of influence on the way that does roll out. There's so much there, and particularly when it comes to just ownership and sharing economies and circular economies in all of this too. But I think I'd love to segue because you're a PhD candidate and you're looking at decision-making in energy transitions. So what have been some of these key findings, Anne, and how might communities then best organise themselves 
basically so that they can accelerate this change to renewables. And you and I both have kids. How can we create a brighter future for our younger generations? I think the main thing is that capacity, like internal capacity in yourself and just being able to align yourself with the future that you want to see and and just be positive in that because it can be pretty demoralizing sometimes when you Mm. think about the immensity of work that needs to be done in this climate crisis. Yeah. And, and when you think about the kind of future that our kids might have, we really want to be able to take positive steps and do things that replenish your energy as well. So that capacity side of things on a personal front and then in communities as well, being able to have really achievable milestones with community groups, more often than not, there's all these really well-meaning individuals that form these community groups that end up being meetings of talk fests and and like it's great to have that social cohesion and a place where people can share ideas but being able to have them as tangible outcomes as well being able to provide those kind of tools like it, it's amazing seeing when we do community bulk buyers for these electric vehicles we we work with a community and a community group that has the clear mandate on taking action on climate change yeah this is a vehicle but it is a a, a great tool <laughs> for people to be able to have real impact like it's measurable you can see it in the streets or everywhere where there's the electric vehicles it's a visible point of, of change you can see your co2 mitigation right there i think that power of community and being able to have the groundswell action is huge in being able to shift decision makers opinions as well yeah but the transition also requires a trusted source of information so reliable information there's mm. so much stuff out there yeah. There are so many disinformation campaigns, especially given our ridiculous political yeah. built on everything. So that's a huge part. And then once you've got that established trust in place, being able to find the, the champions within the community yeah. that are actually able to take things forward as well. Mm. Now it's, it's everybody's job to be part of it, but you know, not everyone has the capacity. And it's really important to just work to what you're actually able to do and, and not feel guilt about not doing more because we're all doing our part. Yeah. Yeah. Such as much as we can. But supporting those people who do step up is really important as well. And that's such a such a good point. And look, I know that you are working and, and partnering with a whole range of other organizations that are really also looking at how to build communities, how to help people transition, how to give them the information around EVs to make that decision making better. What inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently and that you believe are creating some of this really positive social change? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> Hepburn Wind, we've done a, a community bulk buy with them. They have been pioneering the way for community-owned renewable energy. Mm. They have two wind farms which are entirely community-funded. Wow. They're setting up a big solar farm and, and looking at community storage and getting the whole area, their entire region, as a zero-net energy town. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And having that champion at the front of it, Taryn Lane, she's just an incredible human who just keeps on working at it. And mm. it's really inspiring to have somebody that their heart and their mind are <laughs> totally in it. Yeah. Other organisations that we're working with, Innova, they're a community energy retailer in the Northern Rivers area. Well, they started in the Northern Rivers area. They're now all throughout New South Wales and now in Southeast Queensland. That's an energy retailer, 100% renewable, also owned by the community members with a not-for-profit arm where they're able to reinvest their profits into 
even more impact. Then there's every other group that we've worked with, South Hobart Sustainable Community. Our very first, the world's first electric vehicle bulk buy was just a bunch of concerted community members who, this is possible, let's just do it. The zero emissions groups in Australia, amazing at pushing policy and decision makers and giving tools to communities. They're, they're a startup in Queensland that are helping to socialise electric vehicles in a huge way that orchestrate and offer test drives all around the place by real people and having this peer effect of change. I've got to say, um, it's, it's a pleasure for us to be working with Alina Dini right now Alina's as like, part of our Elevate yeah. Plus program. But yeah, it's great, great work happening there. Absolutely. For Electrified, they take secondhand Nissan Leaf modules and turn it into stationary storage, community storage, giving that second life. After That's the cool. car life, they have a good 12 to 15 years of, of life. There are so many incredible things. There's startups like Viro, which are doing financing and, and providing calculators and, and clear ways to be able to understand that transition from a financial point of view and adopt electric vehicles. Gosh, the list goes on. There are so many incredible companies out there. Another Queensland company, Tritium. Oh, huge. They're the world's best electric vehicle charger, fast charger. They have thousands deployed across Europe, thousands in California, all over the world, and, and really opening up Australia to electric vehicle travel. Mm. Other financing levers like Bright and Plenty, they offer finance for solar and batteries and home energy improvements. And now looking at electric vehicles as part of that whole package as well, mm. which there should be. Yeah, makes perfect sense. It's certainly very encouraging to know that there's many really decent players here and, and hopefully working really strongly together. And I, I suspect so, given the nature of the sort of work that you're all trying to do together. So that's encouraging. That's the key. I think we're in this space that we don't need to be competitive. We, we just need to make this transition happen and collaborate as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And to finish off then, tell us about some books or, I don't know, some other resources that you'd recommend to our listeners. I have a lot on my plate at the moment. I've got a young family, PhD, and the business. So I get distractions aplenty. And I'm Everywhere. doing a business that I love, and there are so many awesome things happening all the time. Yeah. So I've really got to keep focused and working on that. But there's a, a book that I've been enjoying that has like nice practical frameworks called Indistractable. It's by Neri Yell. It's just cool to be able to consider all these different facets of your life where yeah. you can start to segment out time, look at what is causing distractions in your life. And the one thing that I love the most about it is you really have to structure your life and plan it to be able to have time to be lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you have to work hard to be lazy, which is I really want, and I'm not saying lazy time, but I just really want time, quality time with my family yes. and friends when I'm not checking in on work. I, I work all the time and it's, I think, a great recipe for burnout. Absolutely. Yeah. I've also been reading Let My People Go Surfing. Cracking book. Sorry, but yeah, isn't it? Phenomenal. Yeah. So I, I just like, like repair is a radical act and all those Lessons that are tied into it of, of looking at your supply chain and looking at ways you, know, you can do good yes. <laughs> and can source the right product. You can look after your customers and you can still make a profit. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yvonne Chouinard, just as the founder of Patagonia there, it's just that story and how it started really in, in that sort of climbing industry as well, right? Or just climbing those big walls and ultimately solving people's problems and, and doing it in a way that was just coherent with lifestyle, a lifestyle that yeah, he was... Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think every business should be solving something in our life. Yeah. 
there's no reason why it cannot be sustainable yeah. and still make a profit. And if it's not, then you really got to look at what the business actually is. Mm. Yeah. What world are you perpetuating through your business? Exactly. Yeah. There's a couple of really good books there and really appreciate you adding to that list. So we'll add them to your article. So any of the, the listeners out there, if they want to click on through to any of these initiatives that Ants mentioned today or the books, then you'll find links in the article. So, and it's been a total pleasure to talk today and there's so much excitement ahead for you and good car co and we'll really look forward to, to following your journey and seeing where it leads it's exciting times thanks again thank you i'm, I'm really inspired by the work that you do as well i gotta say it's <laughs> an amazing way but right. thank you thank you tom thanks and we'll be in touch mate and we'll check on in in the future awesome man cheers Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter.